launched his really first uh, application as an artist uh, many, many years ago, learned some big lessons going through that, but he didn't get stuck on them, moved forward. Obviously now has built Creative Live, thousands and thousands and thousands of, uh, of courses, instructors, uh, 10 million uh, folks that have watched either a free or paid version. They raised 50 million bucks from really smart people, which I think is key. He's got a vision. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 units sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data uh, metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. This is episode 774. Coming up tomorrow morning, I interview Andy Swan. He's a fintech founder, and he says, I will never raise capital again. Tune in to find out why. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Chase Jarvis. He is widely recognized as one of the most influential photograph uh, photographers of the last 20 years. You may know him because he is also the creator and CEO of Creative Live. He's won awards for his images on six different continents, including contributions to the Pulitzer Prize-winning story Snowfall, the acclaimed New York Times interactive story heralded as the future of journalistic storytelling, and an Emmy nominated for his work documenting the music scene in Seattle. In 2009, he created Best the Best Camera app, which was the first photo app to share images direct to social network, was number one on iTunes, app of the year on Wired, got many, many other awards. Again, he's currently focused on his work as the founder and CEO of Creative Live, the world's largest online education platform for creatives and entrepreneurs with over 1,000 teachers, 1,500 classes, and 10,000 hours of classes. Chase Jarvis, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. I will never Thanks for having me on the show, by the way. I appreciate Dude, it. You bet, Love man. It. I'm glad you're coming on. I will never forget hitting that New York Times story and being sucked in and then thinking at the end, they use things like parallel scrolling and storytelling and auto start on videos in ways that, you know, spammy marketers would never even think to use it. There were no ads. It was a beautiful experience. Why can't everyone just create content like that? Why does Fortune have to pump their pages full of ads? <laughs> well, I think the New York Times, uh, you know, wherever we we sit in this weird modern era of journalism and media. They put 80 people on that story. They tried to do something different. And it just shows that if you're really focused on innovating and breaking out of a mold, that you can do it even if you're in an industry that's as, you know, at that time was as stagnant uh, as was um, journalism. It was basically moved from a physical paper to online, and it was just a replication of that. And they broke out. The, the sad twist of that story is that story is about an avalanche, and, and one of my friends was killed in that avalanche. So it was, it, it was 
extra special to be able to contribute to it for me personally, uh, let alone let alone the work. So, why hasn't I mean the obvious answer is cost, right? But yeah. why hasn't that? Why isn't every article written like that? In other words, if you were kind of in it, how do you decrease the cost structure so that we can get more quality content like that? I think feature storytelling will continue to see that grow and evolve in the way that that Snowfall piece did as a piece of breakout journalism. I think the news cycles now are so short. I mean, newspapers are basically, physical newspapers are dying because it's it's tomorrow's printout of yesterday's news, which is not interesting to anybody. So um, just from a production standpoint, there aren't enough hours in the day to create every news piece like that. I do think that we'll see platforms that are embedded with those native sort of um, bells and whistles continue to evolve such that a CMS could drop them into such a thing. And we'll, we're, we're seeing some of that with modern modern media. I mean, there was Hyper, which is, you know, 10 curated stories every day, and it was presented in a really beautiful, especially on a tablet experience. But um, I think journalism is moving in the same direction as tech. It's, it's a combination of what gets you the information the fastest. It's form and function. So it's not just wingdings for the sake of wingdings. Um, but again, features, you're going to continue to see more and more of that. And I think as platforms become templatized will get a more interactive exciting experience with with our news interesting guys coming up we'll ask chase more about creative live why he started it, what the growth looks like how he sees it compared to other kind of online course uh websites but first look you had a, a number one app for cameras why weren't you acquired by <laughs> facebook for a billion dollars um i think timing is everything yep <laughs> and i learned a lot along the way for sure you know it was definitely i think not a lot of people can say they've made a billion dollar mistake um, but it was a, a handful of different problems like uh, one was being so first you know early um, that creates a challenge it's not just about being first uh, and then the second is you know I had a relationship with a developer that got into a little legal snafu and that legal snafu it did two things one it slowed the development of the app down and, and two more importantly it paralyzed me i had companies asking to you know buy it for never work again money like private jet money and uh what is that like 10 million i'm making 10 million bucks higher 10x that yeah 10x wow. that yeah so uh, you know when you have that and you have venture folks coming at you and when you'd spent the previous 10 years of your life working very hard to define yourself as an artist and you're confronted with the difference between an artist and an entrepreneur at that point my identity my personality my who i was wasn't hadn't reconciled that yet um and you know as, as a person relatively of privilege being white born in america middle class male you know, i just yeah, male, like all of those things working for me, the fact that it was still a struggle, I think, A, it outlines how folks, you know, who don't come from all of that privilege, how, what, what the additional struggle they have with identity, with opportunity, with um, so many things. Um, and, you know, I, I, A, it made me appreciate that. B, it made me realize that if I'm able to, if I'm struggling with that and it's, it's a massive social pressure. And that's one of the things that Creative Live aims to do. That's what my personal work has been around uh, promoting content and, or sorry, creating content, promoting the lifestyle of the creators and being able to live a life that you love around your passions. To me, what if we could break through that cultural messaging that's told us that we can't, that we shouldn't, that it's risky, that all, all these, you know, I think it's a bunch of misinformation. So I learned that. Um, you know, that's my billion dollar mistake. And that's one of the reasons the flip side of that horrible, horrible outcome of basically just shutting that app down. I was going to say, so um, that was, was the exit, right? I mean, you just, there yeah. was no money. You just shut it down. 
I could have, I still could have made a lot of money. To me, the outcome was a better outcome to shut it down, learn from it, build into something new, which is now Creative Live. Um, then it would have been because I would have been ensnared or ensnared, illegal, entangled, yeah, entangled in a, a little legal dispute. But more importantly, I would have had to go to work for a company that acquired it, and that wasn't my passion. My passion focus was very, you know, very clearly on Creative Live. So the flip side of those downsides are Creative Live, and I learned a hell of a lot. And now I'm, I got more juice to go help other people break through some of those problems. And if you're in that group that doesn't have all the privilege that I have, you know, how do we help them disproportionately? That's why Creative Live has a free aspect to it and why I put out so much free content. Chase, I wanna get, we'll go deep into Creative Live here in a second, but I have to ask, I mean, other business people or artists or creatives that fear the same issue you went through on this app yeah. wanna know what the issue was so they can avoid it. What was the issue? Sure. Was it who owned the IP? Was it equity? I mean, what was it? Specifically, I owned all the intellectual property. There was no um, no misunderstandings about that. But when you write contracts about software, you can't actually predict what releases 10 and 11 and 12 are gonna look like because they're a year down the road. And I had just specified that the developer needed to um, needed to do a release and not the content of them. So I can't really blame myself. Uh, the contract was written as tight as it could. Um, but where I can blame myself is that I was very casual about where the IP lived, despite that it was mine. I had it living on their servers yep, and their passwords. Their, yes. And their iTunes account to launch the app. Yeah. And this was 2009. So today that sounds catastrophic. In 2009, it was like a pain in the ass to get an account. So we took the path of least resistance. So there was a couple small um, legal and technical snafus. Um, but I think the one that is what your listeners should try and take away is that you need to overcome the psychology of being stuck, of paralysis through analysis. of, And, and that's why I have a massive bias to action now. I would rather do the wrong thing, figure it out Quickly. and adjust than to pontificate and burn cycles on what's the perfect move at this point. Yep. How many years did you go? So how old were you in 2009 when you launched that? <laughs> Let's see, I would have been 2009, late 30s. And I'm 45 now. So I can ask um, you the question, like, how many physical years did you go through? Or how many how many emotional years did you lose? I bet the emotional <laughs> question is 10 times as much as the physical passing of time. <laughs> You know, I think that's one of the characteristics that um, one of the, uh, I'm 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 resilient. I think humans in general are pretty resilient. Um, so I didn't spend as much time dwelling on it. It was really only five years later, you know, I, I, in a blog post that I wrote about this. I detailed it. Um, that you know, it's called I think my biggest mistake ever, or something like that. If you go to my blog, um, we'll link to that, Chase, in the show notes. It, yeah, that'd be great. It was basically in looking backwards that I was able to process the grief in real time. I was just like, all right, on to the next thing. I don't really, not that I don't care about money, but money is, I know I can make money almost at will. So it's more about having impact on the world. And rather than poo poo and cry in my, you know, cry in my uh, rice pudding, I'm going to, you know, go out and make something better and different, uh, leverage the experience and, and, and get on with it. So I don't want to, I don't want to gold plate it as Brene Brown talks about gold, gold plated grit. We talk about our failures very quickly and our successes very slowly. Um, you know, it was a real deal, but I didn't, I wasn't really able to process it until, you know, basically a year, year and a half ago when I was able to get on Instagram. That was another thing was I was, you know, as a, one of the most influential photographers the past decade or two to not be on Instagram because of trying to preserve a legal position was a really 
um, that was a painful and borderline catastrophic uh, failure as well. So. so that takes us into Creative Live. I'll start with your least favorite part first so that you like me the most when we end the interview. Uh, how, does Creative Live, <laughs> how does Creative Live make money? Creative Live makes money by selling content that we create with the top experts in the world. We put it online on our platform. We have a freemium model that you can you can watch whatever it is that we're streaming either while we're making the content or we have channels that are focused on photo, video, design, music, audio. You can watch whatever we're playing for free. If you wanna own the class, watch it over and over and over on your own time, then you have to buy it. So there's you have free access 24 seven for stuff that we're playing or that's being made in real time. And if you wanna watch it on your own device, on your own schedule, then you buy it. And it turns out that's a pretty good business. We've had more than 10 million students. We've had three or 4 billion minutes of video consumed. Is that 10 million, Chase? Is that, those are students that have actually put up a credit card or that includes credit card and free watchers? That's just, yeah, that is our student Everyone. base is 10. Yeah. So that's across the board. Yeah, and that's, you know, obviously that's growing quickly uh, every year I've been saying that stat for a while. I haven't looked at it in, in the last probably year, but I think 10 million is a nice round number. And then what would you see 10% of those people actually decide to own the whole course? Yeah, there's some percentage of there. We don't disclose that because that would give a lot about our, you know, you could take the average price for class and calculate revenue and that would be a disadvantage for us in our competitive landscape. But let's just say we have a very high conversion rate relative to, um, our peers and relative to commerce in general and people are very satisfied so they once they discover creative live they end up loving it and, and buying several courses what so do you, what, do, what do your peers convert at i mean don't name one but on average sure i think it's you know low single digit one two percent you know they're also great at driving traffic and they're more of a like poor users in the top of a funnel and creative live is much more curated it's by creators for creators and entrepreneurs um it's way more word of mouth that's not to say we don't advertise and that's not to say we don't want more traffic but it's more community focused rather than it's not a two-sided marketplace to, to us that just dilutes the shit out of the landscape what do you and mean by that um well some of our competitors where anyone in the world can put up a course then you don't have there's there's no sort of authenticity or authority you don't have to be an expert to put up a class and so you're it's up to the student or the user to go through and suss through all the the bs and for us i mean we have you want to enter uh, entrepreneurs you know we have richard branson mark cuban ariana huffington you want photographers we've got you know vince laferay sue bryce um jasmine Star, just like the best in each discipline and we curate the hell out of those people and they want to go hang where other people who are the best in the world teach and we we just have understood that that's what our students come to creative live for they know that we've curated that experience how do you so i'm I, you know this is fresh in everyone's mind so fox news builds megan kelly into a mega hit you could argue that mm -hmm. their platform made her what she was let's yeah. say creative not politically but from a sure. business perspective let's say creative live is fox news you can find talent produce them make yes. them rock stars nothing yes. locks them in what prevents yep. one of your competitors from raising billions of venture capital stealing your top kind of creators. I mean, how do you protect, what's your moat? How do you protect the business model? Well, let's talk about those two things separately. Cause okay. I think first and foremost, I have no desire to limit where creators can go make their living. The creative live contract from a, the person who's on the platform 
was created be out of my personal experience, having been the person on the other side being asked to speak all over the world and whatnot, we designed our contracts and our relationship with them that, hey, we're just gonna do the best. We're gonna be the place that, where you know that the content is super well produced, you're super well curated, you hang with the best people in the world. If you wanna go across the street and teach the same thing tomorrow, more power to you. You're gonna end up coming back because of the service, because of what we provide, because of who we are and the value that we create for you. And so it's really, I want to be really clear that, that we have a confidence in that and we've been able to demonstrate that over now seven years. Yeah. I can, um, Chase, the by the way, I think it's valuable for me to vouch for that too, right? I mean, I have a, I have many courses on creative live. One of them is Facebook marketing for small business. And, uh, no, it was, it was a, the contract was easy. Uh, it's funny because you guys put funny language in the contract. It doesn't read like a boring legal contract, which is fun. It has character and the split's home. great. Like I know I can't obviously share what I make from it, but it's a nice little passive income stream that yeah. just kind of happens. Yep. And then I think that's, and if I press you further, I'm guessing that if your experience was like most of the other folks that they had, they were treated like a rock star. They had, you know, fantastic, you know, accommodations and travel and the experience when they're in studio, there's someone who's assigned to you. Basically, it's like your, your, um, your personal sort of connection to creative live and, and people love that experience. Now to, to get to the question you had about the moat, um, creative lives moat is our talent because we, we are, you know, unequivocally where the best in the world hang their hat. And two, our production values are off the charts. So we make you look great. That comes from my background as a creator and the 120 people who go to work every day at Creative Live focused on making something extraordinary. It's actually education. It's not just some YouTube video or not taking a celebrity who doesn't give a shit about teaching and try and pretend to get them to teach. Is that a shot at Masterclass? Uh, I think that's a shot. <laughs> there's, there's, I think they've got a great business, but... I think that is a that is a that is a challenge that they face and will continue to face. Recognizable and names that can't teach. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, I mean, I've photographed Serena. I, I know her. She, I know she doesn't love teaching. Yeah. She doesn't care about it. Yeah. You know, she's a great tennis player. Obviously, the best in the world, the history of the sport. But I know also that she, you know, if she could get offset as fast as possible, yep. she'd, she'd do that in a second. No, it's an amazing studio you have. Uh, you know, I, I've talked to many of these other places. Not all of them are like, Nathan, we'll hire someone from Smart Shoot to come to wherever you are in the world and make sure we get, like, good quality. But you come into your place, and it's like you got nice lunch in there with a long wooden table and the big kitchen with the natural light coming in and the free coffee. You walk out of there, you take a left, you go meet, I think her name was Amanda. It was my yep. first time I've ever had makeup on my face, so I Snapchatted my mom. Uh, and uh, and then you go right from there, right into the, the studio where you've got just amazing lighting. You can kind of customize the stage set. I think you have four studios there and it was just super well done. Uh, it was a blast. Thank you. Yeah, we, so we take great, great pride in presenting and, and a great experience to you such that you can be your best on camera for your, your fans and our fans and also we have a big audience we can add value to you and what you're making because we, we we're good at marketing where a lot of individual folks who are trying to make their own classes or courses they really struggle bootstrapped or have you raised capital bootstrapped for the first two years we were wildly profitable and then we went and raised capital that was something i learned from uh, my previous experiences we, we have world-class investors a one top of the top would you raise folks, how much total we've raised uh, 58.8 million dollars to date Hi. And from folks like Greylock, Social Capital, Richard Branson, um, Jared Leto, Comcast. Uh, I mean, just the, the the top folks are you know are are letter A and B, um, GSV. They focused on specifically on education. Just absolutely tier one. If 
LinkedIn's kind of course model with Microsoft, and, and they start making good money from that. And they say, we want to double down on this business. Let's go make some acquisitions in the space. If they come and offer you, I'm going to make this up 200 million bucks for the business. Do you sell Creative Live? No. Okay. How do you think about valuation? I mean, it's hard. For, I'm asking sure. you this because I know it's something you don't think about as an artist. So I'm curious yeah. how you rationalize through it. I've learned to think about it as a as the CEO of a venture backed company. <laughs> um, we're out to you know make a category defining game changing company. Um, the reality is, if, if you know, and, and things that get in the way of that are things that I don't love. I have a mission, and we have a vision. Uh, or sorry, we have a bit mission. And I have a vision of trying to make this transformative experience. I think the 120 people who go to work every day alongside me, we're trying to to change the way that people educate themselves and and help them live, you know, make a living and a life doing what they love. And if at some, you know, if you're a venture backed company, you're always for sale. There's always a number. But I have very smart investors that have a long term vision. And you know, given that everything is for sale, I would never say never. But I'm really interested in, uh, I would only be interested in that if things were helping propel the mission and the vision of what we want to do. If someone's going to buy it, kill it and shut it, like this is not interesting to me because we have a, you know, a, a vision that we see for Creative Live and for the future of employment, education, work, and creativity. Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big, smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. Chase, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? My favorite business book? The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. That's a good one. Number two it's is right there. on my shelf right there. I can see it right now. <laughs> Where are you right now? Are you uh, in uh, California? Nope. I'm in Seattle. We oh, have nice. an outfit up here in Seattle. Uh, I'm here today and through next week. So Cool. Number two, cool. is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, Jeff Weiner, incredible leader at Microsoft or LinkedIn now, Microsoft. Um, I've had the good fortune of being around Jeff a little bit. I think he's this great mix of empathy, of strength of wisdom of uh he's a great listener i, I think he, he's one of the top ceos in the world and certainly in silicon valley number three is their favorite online tool you have like hostgator uh my favorite online tool is evernote uh i have been putting evernote in the you know information into evernote since the you know first couple of months it came out uh i can't and there's not a day that i don't go by with looking at it five times how many hours of sleep do you get every night uh, newfound passion. I'm averaging about seven and a half. Sleep, uh, sleep from, is your newfound passion. Five and a half. It is, man. I'm getting good at it. I've, I've been bad for 40 years and now I'm getting good. That's funny. All right. And what's your current situation? Married, single, you have kids? 
current situation is very happily married, no kids, no plans for kids, and uh, and you're forty. Forty-five. Forty-five. Okay. Last question. Take us back twenty-five years. What do you wish your twenty-year-old self knew? My twenty-year-old self knew that there's always going to be social pressures. There's always going to be business pressures. There's always going to be friend, emotional, psychological pressures, um, mental fortitude and mental health is the most important thing. If you can see clearly, if you have the right state, you can always tell yourself great stories. And if you can tell yourself great stories, then you'll always be able to find the right strategies. That's a Tony Robbins, uh, point of view. And, and just, you know, there's no need to suffer. Suffer is, suffering is a choice, and uh, mental state rules the day. There you guys have it from Chase Jarvis, founder and creator of Creative Live. There will always be pressure, but mental fortitude and current state and the ability to tell yourself healthy, healthy stories is always way more important. Launched his really first uh, application as an artist uh, many, many years ago. Learned some big lessons going through that, but he didn't get stuck on them, moved forward. Obviously now has built Creative Live, thousands and thousands and thousands of, uh, of courses, instructors, uh, 10 million uh, folks that have watched either a free or paid version. They raised 50 million bucks from really smart people, which I think is key. He's got a vision. Chase Jarvis, thank you for taking us to the top. Nathan, you're awesome. Thanks a lot, bud. If you enjoyed Chase today, go back and listen to Venkat yesterday. I'm skeptical of this. His company, which is doing a million bucks in monthly revenue, can actually grow into a $10 million post-money valuation. Let's see what happens.